Hey everybody, it's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, and creator of this game we all love to play, Cinema Draft. Back at you again after <laughs> the wildest Oscars finish I think we've ever seen. I'm sure all of the advertisers and networks were were grateful for such a wild live finish. Probably the only reason why we watch what live TV anymore these days. But in its aftermath, we still have some results for our game to to, to review. So let's get into it. <laughs> still, still kind of tripping over that. Giving you a middle of the night pod. It is oh wow, that's like three in the morning out here in Vegas. Uh, just been I've been going on a Game of Thrones binge, just rewatching it like crazy. So um, yeah, been doing that. Uh, but yeah, here we are uh, checking out some of our more interesting call sheets of the past weekend. And also we'll be getting into reviewing some of, uh, previewing some of the talent pool moving forward. Oh, let me take this opportunity real quick to tell you a little bit about the movies I saw this weekend. Uh, so first movie I did see, I did see Get Out. And that movie was like that. It was fun, funny, uh, scary. Uh, and as uh, Jordan Peele, the the writer, director, first time director uh, of this uh, movie, said that the real villain in this movie is racism. That's kind of true. And for any, I mean, you know, there's so many relatable elements in that movie, especially you know, as a black man who has been in majority white, you know, audiences, you know, for most of his life. Uh, being in those situations with just the awkward white liberal people who are trying to be down and stuff is just, you know, I mean, it's makes skin crawl. And then just kind of seeing all that stuff kind of turn on its head and, you know, and, and showing that, yes, racism lives among liberal people too. It was really uh, a really interesting, uh, fun time at the movies and a lot to kind of root for and root against. Very good time in the movies. It's been getting, you know, uh, killer reviews all across the board. I think it's it's right. Look at ninety nine percent Rotten Tomatoes score. That's bananas. So that I mean, basically means like ninety nine out of hundred critics just love the hell out of this film. And uh, so I saw Get Out on Saturday, and I finally got around to seeing Manchester by the Sea, or at least finally got around to finishing it because I wanted to see what all the hubbub was about. I wanted to see it before the Oscars finished. I don't think I quite finished it by the time the Oscars were done, but I did finish watching it right after the Oscars. I wanted to see what the hubbub was about with Casey Affleck and everything. And I will say this, it is a very well-made movie. It is a very slow movie. It is about the nature of grief. And there is, I mean, there are some really good performances in it. I mean, I am inherently biased. Uh, you know, we know, I know, I fully admit that I will never, you know, I mean, that I, am, I am in Denzel's camp 110%, but even as objectively as I can try to make, you know, myself be about these two performances, I mean, it's it, it's, it's, it's a bit of an apples-to-apples apples, uh, comparison as far as Casey Affleck is the driving force behind Manchester by the Sea in the same way that Denzel Washington is the driving force behind Fences. And the thing about it is that it, it kind of comes down to, are you a Kenneth Lonergan person or not? Kenneth Lonergan is the writer-director of Manchester by the Sea. He's also done some films like, well, he was really kind of put on the map back in, I want to say, was it 20, 2000, and 2000? You can count on me. Uh, that was the movie that that was the movie that he directed that kind of got him all this acclaim. It, it, it introduced us 
uh, introduced the world to Mark Ruffalo. I believe that was the first time he had really gotten a lot of exposure. Yeah, there is. Mark Ruffalo was one of the two leads in it. And I just, I mean, I just really could not get into this film at all. It just seemed like such, for lack of a better term, middle class, you know, white people problems, like first world problems. I just could not relate to. I was kind of over it. And it, you know, nominated for two Oscars and it just got all sorts of heat on it. And I just, I, I just couldn't get into it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't feel it. But uh, and for the most part, I mean, as a writer, he's done stuff that I've really liked. He, you know, Gangs of New York, analyzed that. Um, I hear good things about Margaret, didn't see it. Um, you know, but as, you know, he's basically had three films and I was kind of out on, on, you know, you know, one and a half of them. I, I mean, Manchester by Sea, I mean, because it is a slow, methodical film about the nature of grief. I mean, you know, I just, I mean, it, you're either really down for that count or not. I don't, maybe I haven't had enough grief in my life. And that's yeah, actually real talk. I mean, I haven't really lost too many people that, that have been close to me or anything. So I can't really tap into that nature of grief grief per se, or even so much addiction. Uh, there are two really good scenes in it, you know, Oscar bait scenes, scenes where you read, read the script as an actor and you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is some really deep stuff for me to sink my teeth into. Um, and and it's a, it's a pretty well-made film, and it is interesting, you know, but <sighs> Denzel was robbed, man. That's all I got to say. Denzel was robbed. So, you know, but, you know, kudos to Casey Affleck for one of the first things he mentioned when he got up on that stage was basically giving shout-outs to, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Denzel. I mean, you don't have to say his last name. He just goes by one name. I mean, he's Denzel freaking Washington. You know, I mean, he'll have more shots, more chances, I'm sure. But I, I really fell for Denzel because, once again, it was just another case of a Titanic performance being overlooked by a lesser performance. I mean, you you will never be able to talk me out of Malcolm X not being the best the the, the best uh, performance in, what was it, 91, 92? And then you guess got robbed by Robert De Niro for hoo No, 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 no Al Pacino, hoo Send him a woman. Fuck that shit. All right, anyways, back on track. So those are the two movies I saw over the weekend. Um, you know, Mansions by Sea is a bit of a tough hang, but it's interesting and it's good. I, it, but Casey, it's, it wasn't best actor good over Denzel Washington, in my opinion. Okay, so on to this review, dang it. So let's take a look at – so we had – Kelly returning to the top of the leaderboard in the $125 feature presentation. And I do recall, I do think I mentioned how much I loved this, uh, how much I, I loved this call sheet. I really did. Um, and and it, it was a very balanced call sheet, if I do remember. She, it was basically, <laughs> yeah, it was basically she had a three-pack of Get Out, including the headliner stack, and that was that was fairly crucial because you needed to have three, at least three actors from Get Out to, to stand a chance of winning your contest this weekend. So she had a three-pack of Get Out. She had a headliner stack of La La Land, headliner stack of I Am Not Your Negro, which came in at almost 862,000, I think, dollars. It expanded slightly to 313 screens. Uh, also, she had a headliner stack of Everybody Loves Somebody, and then she had Rooney Mara from Lion for 197.42 points to take the feature presentation. And this is, this is actually, this is, I mean, it is, although this is a little, this technically is kind of Stars and Scrubs, but it's actually a little bit, it's a little more nuanced than that. It's, it's fairly, I would say it's totally balanced because you're still gobbling up about mm, 
about 50,000 or so of your budget on just three actors from one film. But uh, the way she disperses, not so much like the risk, but the value among you know those other films between La La Land, I Am Not Your Negro, and Everybody Loves Somebody, it's pretty remarkable. Oh, and I almost forgot, quick, quick dip back into review land, how can I forget this movie? It's amazing. I did finally go and see I Am Not Your Negro, and that was – James Baldwin is just a timeless, classic, American freaking treasure. His – I mean, he wrote this thing. So he – I guess he had the beginnings of a manuscript back in 1979. He wrote like 30 page, whatever, and, and then just stopped or didn't finish or something or other. Anyways, and the way he talks about just, you know – the American condition, you know, racism, humanity, you know, being, you know, being black, being gay, being just a human, just being a part of society. It's, it's, it's just transcendent and it is timeless. And what makes it timeless is that it's specific, but also universal. And he has this really fine way. He, he injects nuance into really heavy subjects like, you know, racism and democracy and, 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 you know, personal freedom, whatever. But he injects nuance into these large, unwieldy subjects that people sometimes don't even want to deal with. Oh, I don't want to get political. Oh, I don't want to talk about race, blah, blah, blah. But he does it in a way where he injects nuance in a way where, and he has, and please believe he has the whole diaspora of the English language at his disposal that he can you he could spend like a chapter writing on how a lily bends in the wind and it would be compelling but he injects nuance in a way into these large and wieldy conversations and topics in a way that it just breaks down the conversation the topic and you to its moral center to the point where you just have to either recognize the truth and veracity of what he's talking about and your and its relation to you and your own humanity, or he's got to just GTFO. It's it's just, I mean, he's just an amazing, amazing talent. I mean, more should be made about how talented James Baldwin is as a writer, as a thinker, and, and quite honestly, as an intellectual icon, because he hung out with the intellectual titans of his day. He hung out with, you know, he hung out with uh, the... You know, the you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Medgar Evers. He was friends with Billy D. Williams. He was, you know, down with all of like the I mean, it, it's like the equivalent of I don't know, I mean who I guess it's kinda of like the the equivalent of of like a Tanahisi Coates, you know, just, just getting up with like, you know, John Legend and 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 you know, just and uh, Ava DuVernay and just kinda of just hanging out, just, you know, it's all of them just kinda of like like being like being, you know, boys and buddies and just talking about like the, the things are affecting our time. And it's just, I mean, just not enough. I, I'm sorry. I know I'm totally going off into a quote unquote cultural cul-de-sac, but it just really did reaffirm my love of James Baldwin, his intellect, the way he just thought about things in just a really humane, timeless way. It, it, it's a really, really, really good film. I strongly recommend it to everybody. I did a little tweet storm Friday night. If you want to check out my little, uh, a tweet storm at swag poker. Also, I think I had linked to it at play cinema draft as well on Friday. And I just, I, he's, I mean, it's leaves you speak, it leaves you speechless, leaves you, you know, angry at some points that he, the, the shit he's talking about back in seven, 57 might as well be 2017. I mean, but it also leaves you feeling kind of energized. And I, I was charged up. I came out of that movie on Friday night charged up. I was having a bad night. <laughs> Played some poker, had a really bad beat, but by the end of this movie, I was I was charged up. I was, I was in my feelings. I am not your Negro. 
it, it's mandatory viewing for every American, hell, every person. Okay, so there I am, off my soapbox. I am not your Negro, four reels all the way. Okay, so yeah, that's a great call sheet, Kelly. Way to go. I appreciate the call sheet. My call sheet was 3.42 points behind, and my strategy was, oh, yeah, so I basically, I did, I did an extreme stars and scrubs here. So I had a three-pack of Get Out, Including the headliner stack, and I had a six pack of I am not your Negro. I went all in on this. Uh, I was almost rewarded too. Yeah, it looks like it was eight hundred and basically eight hundred and twenty-seven thousand, or yeah, uh, it made it at the box office. So it's eight point three zero points for a regular actor, eleven point six two for the two headliners. I almost got there. I ran out of gas. Um, and I actually had about eight hundred left over. I'm not sure what I could have done differently uh, to make up the difference. It, I mean, split. I couldn't afford split. That would have gotten me about maybe a point and a half closer. I mean, with this strategy, I pretty much took it as far as, as it could go, seeing how it's all in on I'm Not Your Negro. Uh, only thing I'm thinking, I mean, because when you look, at, especially when you look at some of the other films in my price bracket, I'm not sure if I could have rung out like, you know, 13, 14 points from any, any of these other films in, in this salary range. So I gave it a good shot, but I came in second, 100, uh, 194 points even. Okay, let's see who else got some interesting call sheets here. Smart Ash. So, welcome to Cinema Draft, Smart Ash. Uh, hope you've been listening to the podcast, gleaning some strategy. Uh, love your work so far. You've been you've cashed consistently in the in the two weeks you've played. Let's take a look at at Smart Ash's call sheet. So she went with a three pack of Get Out, uh, a four pack of I'm Not Your Negro. Smart. Uh, and also where she kind of lost ground a little bit was everybody loves somebody. It only did about, it only did 5.18 points for the headliner, Carla Souza, and it cost 7,000 in salary at that. Uh, and she also had a headliner stack of lion, which actually was pretty strong. She had 1700 left over. I'm thinking, with that money, she might have been able, like she didn't necessarily need another platform film here. 8,700, hmm. She might have been able to pivot up to La La Land. If she, if she would have been able to squeeze in La La Land at like, well, she would have been just under 8,800 for, uh, for a headliner. I'm not sure. But, it, but where she lost ground is everybody loves somebody. Otherwise, it's a very solid call sheet. Top three, you know, you know, kudos to you. Because, of course, I am a Sigma Draft employee. I do not get, you know, second place money. So congratulations on second place money, Smart Ash. Uh, 2750, good looking call sheet. Looking forward to seeing what you put up, what you put up next week. Gamble 24-7, last week's returning champion. Almost got there. Uh, and thanks for the honesty. I made a clerical error. He caught it. So kudos to you. We'll be sending all the extra karma your way this weekend. Uh, so he went with a three-pack of Get Out, a headliner stack of Lion, headliner stack of I Am Not Your Negro, a headliner stack of Everybody Loves Somebody. And then he had an actor from John Wick. Used up all his budget, 191.24 points, just about seven points off the pace. And where he lost ground was probably with Everybody Loves Somebody and possibly John Wick, only because, I mean, he got 9.36 points out of it, but considering before the 
uh, for the category, and actually this is supposed to be a wide release. I don't know why the system keeps changing the platform. It's just asinine. <laughs> but uh, it basically is a wide release, and it looks like, um, yeah, and so at 9,000, probably, he probably could have spent that somewhere else a little more, or maybe could have gone up a little bit more instead of doing Everybody Loves Somebody. He could have swapped out, maybe went up to maybe Split, got an extra six points from Split somewhere. But either way, it's a pretty solid call sheet. Top five again. Good stuff. Gamble 24-7, a returning champion. And rounding up the top five, Ring Balls 22, 190.17 points. He had a four-pack of I'm Not Your Negro with the headliner stack, a three-pack of Get Out. He had a headliner stack of Everybody Loves Somebody. And he had Emma Stone from La La Lang. Congratulations, your Emmy. Emma Stone. Oh, Emma, actually, Emma Stone was only 7,800, so I take it back. On um, Smart Ash's call sheet, she could that extra money she saved, she could have gone up to La La Land and gotten like an extra, ooh, wow, she could have gotten an extra eight points. It could have been crucial. Actually, I think that could have been the difference there. Um, so we live and we learn from all these. I'm still learning. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've won the feature presentation yet. How how messed up is that? Uh, so anyways, um, so yes, yeah, so this is a really good call sheet. Um, very solid. Covers all the covers most of the bases. Just comes up a little bit short, only because everybody loves somebody didn't do what we thought it would do. Actually, actually, no, that's not true. Actually, I did kind of predict that we would see some drop off on Everybody Loves Somebody in the second week because these these uh, foreign uh, niche film, like niche audience films, tend to go hard the first week. Sometimes you can kind of wring a little money out of them the second week, but you might want to totally fade it for this third week. Okay. And also, just real quick, friend of the pod, Jay Devlin, let's take a look at his call sheet real quick. <laughs> Excuse me, because he is uh, he is actually off in Mexico this weekend. It'll be interesting to see if he'll be able to play <laughs> on the site. He should, you know, it's it's access via the web, so hopefully we'll see you in there, Jay Devlin. He he just missed the top five. He was sixth with one hundred eighty-four point nine four points, and he had he had one two. Okay, so he had a headliner stack of Get Out. Uh, headliner stack of I'm Not Your Negro. He had Ray Fiennes, the headliner from Lego Batman. He had uh, Dev Patel from Lion, headliner stack from Everybody Loves Somebody. Did I already say that? And then also, uh, <laughs> he's, he's on this train, man. He had Rosamund Pike from a United Kingdom. He is going to ride a United Kingdom until it pays off. I think it's expanding again this weekend. We'll see what it does. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> he is all about that United Kingdom. And and be honest, I'm interested in seeing it. It looks it looks fascinating. Uh, historical fiction. We know that's my bag, baby. So yeah, uh, good call sheet. Close, but just 13 points off the pace this week. We'll see what you come up with next week. And also, real quick, I want to point out the call sheet of the week. And this week. The, oops, the call sheet of the week comes to us from all the way down in the $30 gaffer. If it'll ever load up, here we go. The 30, no, sorry, the $20, no, $30 key grip. That's where it was. The, the call sheet of the week this week goes to my boy, one of the OGs from the spreadsheet. It's the Roan with 203 points even. Look at this bad boy. This is this is an inspired freaking call sheet. 
This is an extreme stars and scrubs. And by extreme, I mean he went all in on get out. <laughs> he had a four pack of get out, which by my meager calculations, was 65,700. So he gobbled up, you know, almost two thirds of his budget with four actors with six slots to fill. And he just, I mean, he went, he went bargain basement, but it was still fairly smart. So, so the four pack could get out. He had Samuel Jackson, I'm not your Negro, and he could probably barely afford that. Uh, he had, he had uh, a two pack from a United Kingdom, he looks like doesn't look like he could have afforded um, having a headliner stack because uh, Rosamund Pike was fifty four hundred, and I remember David Oyelowo was fifty eight hundred, so he couldn't have even afford a headliner stack. So he just went uh, Rosamund Pike as a headliner, and then Arnold Osung from a United Kingdom. He and then he squeezed in the headliner stack from Bitter Harvest, which damn near nobody saw. About three, about two hundred seventy-two thousand at box office got you three point zero eight headliner points uh, for the two headliners, Max Irons and Samantha Barks, and Rooney Mar from Lion to get the obligatory limited release in there as a headliner for ten point seven two points. And to be honest with you, that might be the optimal call sheet. It was had scored the most points this weekend, uh, two hundred three points overall. Very inspired, very dedicated to a strategy. Um, and, and that's why it's kind of cool when you go down to some of the smaller contests, just to experiment with your lineup some. Some some players just like to do the same call sheet for all five, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you're really confident in your strategy, you think that's the way you can get the most money, and, and it's you know uh, the most plus EV for for what you're trying to do, then by all means go for it. But that's why I like to I do like to kind of you know tinker and tweak uh, with some of these other contests um, as I work my way up to the feature presentation, just to, just to kind of, you know, test out some, some strategies, you know, get a little differentiation in there because you never know. And that seemed to work for the Roan, who I believe came in seventh in the feature presentation with 177.13 points for $5, but he took the key grip at with 203 points for $15. So, Excellent call sheet. You are our call sheet of the week. Look for it on our social media on Wednesday as we do a screenshot and celebrate celebrate it on our social media channels. Okay, so let's take a look at the week coming up real quick. Uh, I will actually be going in, in depth with uh, the shot list as we record later on tonight, I guess, uh, Tuesday night. Uh, it should be a tripod, this time with... Bringing back the lovely ladies from Hollywood, KJ, Kalila Joy, our working black actress, and Alexia Peebles of the Hollywood Black Film Festival. Looking forward to having them back on the podcast. Hopefully you all will tune into that. Gave us our best, actually our, our highest viewed uh, uh, episode yet. So very excited about that. So looking forward to talking to them about, about you know, basically the fall from the Oscars. I mean, you know, has... You know, will, have we recovered? You know, have has the nation recovered? I don't know. Very interesting. So, taking a look real quick at the talent pool, uh, just kind of going over over some of the new releases. We have Before I Fall, which seems like a almost like a Groundhog Day meets I don't know Heather's or something. It's like a high school 
girl type Groundhog Day situation. She's reliving the same day over and over again and dying. It's crazy. Uh, the Shack, which seems kind of inspirational with Octavia Spencer and uh, what's oh Sam Worthington, Australia's own Sam Worthington, Logan from the X Men uh, franchise, uh, and allegedly, allegedly the last of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine movies, and Table 19, which I believe is a very small opening film with Anna Kendrick and Craig Robinson, something about a wedding or what have you. Um, yeah, let's actually let's go take a look in the lobby. Because I have started some, some dummy, some placeholder call sheets. And we can just kind of take a look at what's in the talent pool. And yeah, as, as I mentioned, let me take a look at each of these real quick. It's going to give you an idea. Before I fall, uh, there's, it's, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I'm mildly interested. I'm not sure if I'll go see it in the theater, per se, interested. Or if it's like the second of a buy one, see two or three movies type day. But uh, it's, it's opening wide, almost 4,000 screens. Uh, I think there's some pretty good buzz among the, the MTV teen and tween set. Zoe Deutsch, I think, has a small following. Houston Sage, I think, is sort of a model actress, maybe. Uh, so there might be some interest there. Otherwise, um, you know, it's 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 basically not for for you know older people per se, but I mean, it's it's a, it's a compelling, it's an interesting concept, and I think it's going to do decent business. Although, just the vibe I'm getting and the word of mouth from Get Out is so strong, Get Out could probably do another 25 million next week. I I see very little drop off for Get Out next weekend, to be honest with you. Um, so that's Before I Fall. And the other new one, which I think, oh, is Logan is actually, you know what? Yeah, Logan, Logan's going to be your box office leader by far, and it's priced accordingly. Look at that. You're looking at 20500 for Hugh Jackman, uh, 19800 for Patrick Stewart. And, I mean, it's – I don't know if it's going to be the best value, but it's going to give you some value because it's probably going to do 40 to, to – between 40 and 60, somewhere like that. It's The marketing has been interesting because they've been kind of marketing it like this is – this isn't your dad's, or this is this isn't your your teenage son's X Men or whatever. As far as the the musical choices and stuff have been a little more com contemplative. They've been playing up a lot, like the relationship between Wolverine and possibly his daughter, maybe not sure. Um, so we'll see. Boyd Hallbrook, shout out to Narcos, shout out to Narcos. Boyd Hallbrook, kind of interested to see him in this with the mechanical hand. And the girl seems cute and dangerous, so, you know, I'm there for it. I'll see it. I'll most likely it's, – it's probably going to be my post-lock uh, movie, 10 – was it 10 uh, 30 or 10.45, probably at the D-Box Theater uh, uh, over there at uh, at, at the you know the, the, you know the D box uh, the D box seats the ones with the with the seat moves you know where, like if the plane banks to the left in the in the movie your seat kind of turns to the left that type of thing you know definitely looking forward to that with Logan and for all we know probably be in 3D and all jazz and I'm a sucker for all that stuff so keep an eye on out on those Oop, that's last week's uh, also some decent values. Uh, I have no idea what this Table 19 is about. It's got zero buzz. I would probably stay away for now until I hear more. The Shack has been advertised heavily. It's just so damn inspirational, man. I think it might get lost at the box office this week because you're going to have a strong holder with Get Out. You, you still actually have holdovers 
uh, holdover potential with uh, what was that movie? Um, John Wick is actually pretty fairly strong, but Lego Batman is probably still going to get you about 14, 15 million. Um, I am not your Negro expands a little bit more. I mean, you know, I'm, I just I was really unsure about the shacks. So that's why I priced it like this. It's one of those. It could either really hook into a niche with the faith-based inspirational set because you know it's rumored that Octavia Spencer is playing a version of God, which is kind of cool. I'm here for all you know black female gods, <laughs> but. It's. I just don't see where the box office comes for for this movie. It seems very. I. I. I, I have a hard time finding what what the audience is for this movie. Get Out is going to do gangbusters again. Um. And this and its price stayed unchanged. Seventeen thousand for Allison Williams is your top headliner. Going down to sixteen thousand for Lil Rel Howery, uh, to get in there on Get Out. Rock Dog is just DOA, man. I think that made like what. 3 million, 3.5 million, something like that. It sucks. Everybody loves somebody who's running out of steam. Fist Fights had its day. Great Wall is going to start ratcheting down. Uh, United Kingdom, hey, we're, we're, it's staying the same. I, I just don't know if it's going to be on enough screens for it to matter. I'm estimating 290 screens here. So, we could, uh, you know, A Boy Can Dream, 50 Shades, John Wick, both marked down. Lego Batman marked down fourteen thousand five hundred will get you in the game with Lego Batman. I'm not your Negro. I'm actually marking it down some, even though it's supposed to expand. I just, I mean, it expanded by by about seventy screens, you know, last weekend, and it only had a actually, it might have lost a little money. I think it only because I think the weekend before it had like nine hundred fifty-five thousand, and this weekend only had eight hundred and. 62,000. So I marked it down about by about 500. So 6,500 will get you in there. 6,900 for James Baldwin as the top headliner. Uh, and then Split's got some staying power, although marked down. Hidden Figures just continues to churn away. And this 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 price, 7,500 get it, to get you into Hidden Figures, topping out at 8,500 for Taraji P. Henson. This is assume. This is just basically assuming it's going to drop down down to limited. It skirted past limited by 22 screens. It, had, it was on 2,022 screens to stay a wide release, which I think hurt it. If it drops down just by even 100 screens and into the limited release category, this might be a decent value here for you. Actually, it looks like, yeah, this, this, is, this might actually be a decent value for you here if it drops down to limited because, you know, what limited film is beating in figures? Will it be La La Land? I mean, will that get a, a you know, a, a, <laughs> I was going to say a dead cat bounce. Will that, will that get a lost award bounce? I don't know. I mean, but I think uh, I, I think the it, Hidden Figures is going to do fine. Um, but limited release, you might want to take a, another gander at Moonlight. This is interesting. So Moonlight last weekend, Moonlight got you – uh, well, it, we didn't have it in our talent. Pool. We didn't have it in our talent pool last weekend, of course. But we're bringing it back because I just had a feeling. I actually put in the talent pool before it, you know, it kind of snaked that best, <laughs> that best picture award at right from out under La La Land. But Moonlight uh, did almost six hundred thousand on five hundred eighty-five screens. So I, I think it's going to add a few more screens. It's going to get that curiosity factor. 
I mean, I don't think it's going to do a million, but it probably could do another 700,000. So, you know, it's going to get an Oscar bounce. And kudos to Moonlight. It's, it's hung in there. It's made $25 million worldwide. I think it was made for $1.5 So, you know, you know, get your money, y'all. Get your money. Um, and the only other one I would say is – and then that – and actually Moonlight's fairly affordable, although priced up for a limited release – uh, I mean, it, it, for 19 weeks in limit, in and it being limited release, you know, we're starting off at 7,000, going up to 7,600 for Oscar award-winning Herschela Ali. Congrats to your boy. He had a hell of a year. Luke Cage, all that good stuff. Matter of fact, we had um, oh, and and for those watching at home, uh, the results that are from the podcast on the poll, uh, it was split. 50% thought. Get Out would make over 20 million. 50% thought it'd make under 20 million. Well, guess what? Half y'all know what you're talking about because it made 33.8 million. Good job. But no, but there's some really cool artwork on the award winners uh, from my boy, Nicholas Smith. That's Nicholas, N I K K O L A S. And he is, he's a, a fantastic visual artist. Uh, he he made. Uh, if you're watching the video at home, uh, you can see this is great portrait of Moonlight with you know with the Oscar uh, statuette in there. There's another great one of uh, Viola Davis, the Queen. Man, she was just a queen in every way up on that stage. Uh, there, there's an Oscar portrait of of Viola Davis. You should check out. And also on our Twitter feed, uh, we have the Mahershala one. I mean, just, just really good work. If you want to check out Nicholas's work, I highly recommend him. At for Nicholas, that'd be uh, at the number four, N-I-K-K-O-L-A-S on Twitter. It's good stuff, man. He's, he's, a, he's a really good follow, very talented artist. He did one with the Obamas, which is pretty bomb. I'm not sure if that's up on his homepage. Uh, he, had some, he had one with the Obamas. He had one with, uh, with uh, celebrating uh, the Olympic athletes. Uh, the gold medalist at Rio. I mean, he's just a really, really, you know, talented artist with some really good stuff. And so, you know, you can commemorate your Oscar watching experience by maybe picking up a few of his prints. All right. And then, but I don't know, I've never actually met the guy, to be honest with you. I think I did an article on him at Upworthy once. Um, seems like a really cool cat, very talented, not paid or endorsed or anything. Just, I really respect his work. All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap it up this weekend. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. You all know what to do. Go to simmondraft.co, tell all your friends, sign up, get more people in here. Once we start to fill these suckers up, I can finally expand the prize pool. Then tell all your friends, follow us on social media, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, all of that good stuff. Subscribe everywhere where they where you get your podcasts. If you subscribe on iTunes, rate us, review us, please. Let more people discover this fun and engaging podcast. We should be coming back at you Wednesday morning with a podcast I'll be recording late, I guess technically tonight, Tuesday night, with the with the, the female tripod, the she-pod, with uh, Cleo Joy and Alexia Peebles. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Uh, good luck in, in constructing your call sheets. And, of course, this during this week and this weekend, go out and see a movie or something.